Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Christopher Chirilla to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Christopher, thanks for joining us today. And go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background working in the libraries. Absolutely, and thank you so much for having me. So I started out uh, in my teaching career actually as a classroom teacher. Okay. Um, and then I was a classroom teacher for seven years before I got my library certification. And it was working with other teachers um, and collaborating with them is when it really sparked my passion to find a way that I can work with other teachers, whether it's on projects or curriculum and really forming that collaboration. And I discovered the library is the place for that to happen. Um, So after seven years of in the classroom, I switched uh, to the library uh, in 2017 to become a librarian and media specialist. My first year, I was in a second, third and fourth grade library where um, we actually have uh, media studies classes where the students come to me uh, for class, just like they would go to physical education or art or music or STEAM. Uh, They come for they would come to me. And then now I'm teaching fifth and sixth grade library media studies um, and also fifth and sixth grade STEAM classes. And I've also taught second, third and fourth STEAM classes as well. So I've kind of been jumbled around a little bit, um, but always in the library. But this year I'm fifth and sixth library, fifth and sixth grade STEAM. Um, A little bit that kind of got me involved in getting into the library was I taught at a project-based learning and STEM school in California. All right, so uh, we focused on thematic instruction where we were bringing English language arts and novels into our curriculum and pairing those with our science and social studies curriculum. So that is kind of what sparked my interest in collaborating and bringing books into the curriculum within the classroom. Okay. that's how I got in the library. All right. So since you were calling it like um, library media classes, does that mean you're grading? Like, do you give assignments and grade or? Um, yes, kind of. So we do give a grade, but it's pass or fail okay. with that. So, but we do have assignments that they do um, within our classes. We do lots of projects with those. And, and I see all of my students once a week for, for what we call media studies class. And we call that because that's like the 21st century of the library yeah. where they're not just getting books, but we're focusing on media, including um, internet research and creating movies based off of our research. So that's why we call it our media studies class versus just going to the library. And, and I like that. You know, and that's actually the first time um, that I've heard to heard it referred that way. Um, so that I love it. Okay. It really puts the emphasis on instruction. You know, that you're giving instruction. You're, you're not the the book checker outer, you know, or the story time person, you know. Absolutely. Because that was a big transition for the library program for it's not just story time, it is instruction and it is learning and academic as well. Yeah, love that, very good. All right, now you had mentioned um, California, but I know you're not there anymore. So tell us a little bit about where you are now um, and what, what does it take to be a librarian in your state? So I'm currently in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I actually teach in a school district in Mars, Pennsylvania, like Mars the planet, which is kind of okay. cool. Um, and But in uh, Pittsburgh and in Pennsylvania, you do have to have a certified librarian in your library at your school. 
Um, so you can either go to school for library science or library media um, to receive your certification in that. And then you would go through your, the student teaching process specifically related to the library. Or if you already have a teaching certification, which I have, you can do an add-on certification of library science where you have to oh. take what we call the praxis test. Okay. Um, so you basically do all of your studying for that. And then if you pass the test, then you can add that certification onto your teaching certificate. Okay, that makes sense. That's good to know, very good information. All right, so if you've listened to any of my um, podcasts before, I love to ask people about their earliest years in the library because there's always um, some you know, funny stories or th just things that just really stand out in people's minds. And, and I love for my audience to hear those because it lets them know they are not alone. <laughs> you know, these kind of things have happened to people forever. You're going to be okay. Um, what, what do you remember about your first couple of years? So, well, from being a classroom teacher first, I always remember the stresses of homework and assignments and state testing and making sure that our students are ready, um, which sometimes takes away from the love of teaching because of trying to make sure that they have everything they need for, for state test and that they learn everything they need to learn within that school year. Well, my first year in the library, when I was in, I was like, wow, I was like, this is the best job ever. It was everything about education all in one job that I love. I got the teacher collaboration, being able to work with them on projects. I got to align with classroom curriculum um, and mainly just being able to make learning fun. And I think that is the most important part because I know different schools, different districts require um, like some teachers to be all on the same page. And there's a little bit of different flexibility. Whereas in the library, we have all the flexibility to be able to do projects and, and just have fun. And I think that's the most important. And that was my biggest takeaway. I was like, what took me so long? This has oh, been yes. <laughs> uh, the most rewarding uh, year and still is. Yeah. And that, that's actually what pulled me pulled me into looking at it as a career. My, one of my best friends loved her job so much, you know, and, and she was in the library. And I was like, you know, what mm -hmm. is it about your job that, that you know, is you just love so much? And as she would talk about it, I think, okay, that's it. You know, that's where I want to be. So that's good. All right. So Absolutely. And some people would often think that libraries are outdated and it's not. It's um, it's so 21st century with technology and, and updating, which is, which is great. Yeah, very good. All right. So still looking back, if, what kind of advice would you send to your younger self when you were starting out? Um, so starting out, I think it's really important to make the library fun. Because whenever, especially if it's coming to me like they're coming to a class, um, students love going to physical education because they're up, they're moving around, it's fun. It's their brain break almost from the worksheets, from the handout, from their daily curriculum. And even though that we're focusing on research and reading and some of those reading standards that they learn, I think it's so important for that class to be fun because that makes them love the library and makes them really want to read more as you're diving into books because that is their brain break during the day as well. So um, I always say like less worksheets, the less worksheets, the better, because then that's one less worksheet that they're doing during the day whenever maybe they can actually be hands-on yeah. uh, with something or being able to have fun and collaborate on a project. Yeah, yeah. very good advice. I, I would second that for sure. All right, so we are reaching 
I hope the end of this crazy pandemic time, <laughs> but I, yes. I know that traditionally, you know, summer was a time, at least for me, when I used to like get everything ready for the next school year, but how are you kind of looking at, at this summer break? Are you going to be resting a lot or, or are you, are there things you're thinking about working on this summer? Um, well, definitely. I always say summer is a recharge, but it's yeah. a way for my brain to recharge yeah. to get those in, innovative ideas flowing for the next school year. Um, but I always have a, a to-do list for the summer going um, just because there's not enough time in the school year. Right. Um, so I always like to do a theme for the library when I'm decorating with the bulletin boards and decorations throughout. So I'm going to be working on planning that. I'm thinking about doing um, Harry Potter theme next year, which All the right. students always are very excited about. So working on decorations and planning that theme. Um, but I also, because of students reading and new books coming out. I'm always trying to read the newest and latest books that are coming out, such as the Newbery Award uh, winners mm -hmm. um, or even the contenders and finding new and updated books for yeah. the library that I can recommend to students because some students read 20 books a month and mm -hmm. I'm always trying to find more that I can recommend to them. So that's always something that I will be doing. And then also outlining my curriculum for the year and trying to align um, my curriculum with classroom projects. That's uh, something I'm very passionate about. So always taking a look to see what are they learning in their science or social studies or ELA classes and how can I incorporate that into my media studies class. That's such a key time to do that in the summer because you know once you're back on the job, you don't have time for that anymore. I mean, it's just go, go, go. So I really try to help you. Know, I, I do teach some library classes at, grad, at the graduate school level. And mm -hmm. I really try to help them see that that kind of planning in advance is just so important. Um, and it's going to make them not be so stressed <laughs> and not be tired during the year because they're prepared, you know, and they know what's coming up. So very good. Love your ideas. And I hope you do rest some you. this summer and recharge. That's going to be very, very important. So. It's super important, but it's also nice to just think with a fresh state yeah. of mind, not after yeah. a day of teaching all of my classes and just being able to think th throughout the summer. And it's funny. I mean, if, I don't know if you're like me, but like when I have that downtime or even if I, even if I'm, you know, walking the neighborhood or something, but still my mind's not thinking about work. These the ideas seem to come, you know, it's like when you're when you do. a little break, it's like your mind refreshes and starts popping in with all new new things. So it's good. I'm always taking like notes in my phone because you never know where I might be in the car, um, yeah. like riding somewhere or grocery shopping. I'm like some pops in like typing in a note because uh, I'll forget it. And that way I can ponder more about it. Definitely. I'll, I'll text myself messages all the time. <laughs> you know, of Something that I thought about. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, so I call them me uh, mails. I send me a me Oh, mail. that's cute. I love that. I might have to steal yeah. that, that phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah, very good. Feel, feel free. Okay. <laughs> All right. So still talking a little bit about the pandemic. When you're kind of thinking back to, you know, these last 14, 15 months, what's really been your biggest takeaway from this all? Uh, the biggest takeaway from the pandemic is being flexible. That flexibility mm -hmm. is key. Whether we're in a pandemic or not, flexibility yeah. is key in education. But absolutely, that has been the biggest thing because we've had to, to change on a dime. Um, and not just last year, but this year when we might be open, we might be closed, we might be online um, day by day. So really being able to be flexible with those lessons, um, but also having resources that students can access both in person yeah. and at home. Mm -hmm. Whereas 
I'm very hands-on. So I always like to have things like hands-on in person. Whereas yeah. this year with students in person and students hybrid at home, you have to be able to have things that they can access in both places. Right. So right. I think having that list of resources that you can use in case you have a student at home mm -hmm. or if, uh, in the future when the pandemic's over, if students are on vacation that they can access. Yeah, um, good point. I think ha having those resources that can be accessed in multiple areas is yeah. key. Like eBooks, for example, mm -hmm. um, were something that I had a few of in my library and last spring I was trying to get as many eBooks as possible to provide for my students to be able to read. Very good. Yeah, there's just so many things that I hope will carry over, you know, to when we're back. In like regular schedule, you know, whatever that is. But um, this summer is also a good time just to reflect on that. You know, like what were those key things that that were helpful that you can move forward with um, and continue um, when we're face-to-face -face again. Absolutely. Oh, good deal. All right, so our, our role as librarians really changed, you know, during this time and that influence that we have, you know, on our campus changed. And I think a lot of the librarians um, really had to do a shift because they their identity was tied into their physical space, you know. They, Correct, yes. And that was such a, a mind um, shift that we had to do. But let's talk a little bit about um, how, yourself and your role with, on your campus. How did you see your influence changed during this time? So, well, in the spring when we were all shut down, yeah. um, I did my best to find um, websites and apps that students could access eBooks for free um, and being able to uh, share those with them whenever they would log in with Zoom with me or email them home with those directions. So that was a key part of my role because book circulation ended. And even this year, we didn't end up doing book circulation until January just because oh. we weren't sure what was gonna go on or um, the safety of it. So um, book circulation didn't start till January. So all throughout the fall, I was working on accessing eBooks, mm -hmm. teaching students how to use different apps um, that were free or paid um, for them to be able to access books. Yeah. Um, but then also um, finding resources for teachers that are used to using hands-on things in the classroom or hands-on textbooks that they weren't able to use. So being able to send those out to them yeah. to utilize for their classes as well. Mm -hmm. So, so really what I'm hearing you say your, your core roles, you know, stayed the same, you know, you're focusing on reading, focusing on providing mm -hmm. resources, but you found new ways. Um, exactly. To be able to deliver that service. So that, that is awesome. Very, very good. All right. So you've talked a whole lot about um, how you really, love being able to connect with the classroom and you um, absolutely using the word library media classes let's talk a little bit about um how you're how you do that with the connecting with the cur classroom curriculum sure thing so um connecting with the curriculum i found is actually something really easy to do as long as um i can get the teachers to let me know what what <laughs> unit they're on what they're working on um being able to be visible and communicating with them communication is key with that um, but for example, uh, when I was teaching second grade media studies classes, um, they, in their science unit, they were doing a whole unit on butterflies. Okay. And then in um, ELA, they were um, doing a unit on fiction versus nonfiction. So I was able to read them some books, both fiction and nonfiction on butterflies in the, the library whenever they came for their media studies classes. Mm -hmm. And they were so excited because they're like, we're learning about butterflies in science. So automatically you grasp your students' attention even more whenever it's something that they know it's relevant, something that they're learning um, and they're excited about it. 
So um, that's a way that you can do it. And then um, there was a really cool program. It's called Journey North. And we researched about butterflies um, utilizing this program. And what you do is you actually create your own butterfly um, and then you mail it to a school in Mexico to follow the monarch butterfly migration. So we sent those in the fall and then in the spring, the butterflies come back. So that school makes butterflies and sends them to us. So it's basically a simulation of that. So after learning and doing a little bit of like a research project on the butterflies, the students got to create their own and then mail them off. And then in the spring, some of them forgot about it, but then when they came back, they were all so excited to see that. And it really just brought the learning full circle compared to what they were doing also in the classroom, learning about the life cycle of a butterfly. I'm going to have to look that up because we are actually in, in a monarch area myself. Um, down oh, on wonderful. Texas, Mexico border. So that yes. sounds really interesting. So very neat. Yeah, that's a really cool project. Um, and other things that we've done to connect with classroom curriculum are um, doing research. So if students in the classroom, like with my fifth graders, they're researching countries, they'll often do the research with me, being able to bring that research back to their classroom mm-hmm. to write their paper on it. And then while they're writing their paper, they'll create, um, to bring the media aspect in, um, an iMovie or a video um, using their research. Because one of the key things that I like to teach them is I don't want them to just think that they have to do their research and then they write it down on a piece of paper and that's it. I always say you have to create something with your research to present it, whether it's a poster, maybe it's a digital poster, maybe it's a movie, um, maybe it's a Google slideshow. So I always try to take whatever they're learning in their classroom and say, all right, we've learned this, let's do a little bit of additional research on it and then get to present it and share it out. And that just makes learning so much more relevant. Mm-hmm. Definitely, most definitely. And, and I'm sure during this time um, with the world being so much more online, was digital citizenship a focus that you, that you worked on? Absolutely. That's another one of my main focus. I actually teach a whole nine week unit on digital citizenship. And basically it's online safety, teaching students how to navigate the online world safely. And I think it's so important for the students to be able to learn what's out there on the internet, how to protect their information, how to protect their passwords, Mm -hmm. how to stand up to cyber bullies. Um, And even part of that is navigating whenever they're doing internet searches, um, evaluating sources is really important, which comes into our digital citizenship unit as well. Um, And the students and the the students questions and the conversations that are had are just amazing because their life is the internet, their life is online. So whenever we bring up um, like scams on the internet, they get so excited to to show me something that they found that they've screenshot and they're like, this is a scam, look at this. And I didn't click the link. So um, I think that is so important. And I used to teach this from my second graders, a nine week unit, all the way up to my sixth graders. Um, There's a great resource out there called Common Sense Media or Mm -hmm. commonsense.org that offers curriculum. And I like to jazz it up a little bit, but um, I think it's so important for these students. And they're having those conversations that their parents may not even realize that they need to have with them because these students, as we all know, they know more than we do about the internet. That's for sure, <laughs> for sure. Okay, so that's some good first steps with digital citizenship to think about um, the Common Sense Media. That's a great site. And then you, we were talking about the classroom con- curriculum and making those mm-hmm. connections. And when you're a new librarian starting out, it's so hard because you don't know the curriculum yet. You know, you haven't Correct. been there long enough to live through it. So what are like some good first steps that you can think of for them? 
Absolutely. So when I first started in the library, I was teaching second, third, and fourth grade. I got a copy from school of the second, third, and fourth grade curriculums for language arts, science, and social studies. And then I was able to go through it and highlight to see what areas might I be able to tie in? What areas maybe students um, would be interested in maybe learning a little bit more about in my classrooms? And then I was able to start looking at books and looking at different resources and creating projects that I could do that would supplement the classroom curriculum. Okay. Good. Um, also, um, I always say, talk to the teachers, be visible, especially if someone new, ask them, what do you need from me as a library media specialist? How can I help you? The more that they know that we are a resource, the more that they will be able to collaborate with us, the more that they will come to you for more information. So I always say, ask them, what are you looking for? What do you need um, from me? What resources do you need? Or do you want me to look at getting in the future? And I think that that is a great way to get teacher buy-in to really show that, hey, the library is important because they're assisting me with what we need and what in our classroom as well. Yeah. Um, lastly, I would say if, if you are doing classes or students are coming in to get books, have your library open as much as possible. The more access students can have to the books, the more they're gonna read. Yeah. Um, nothing breaks my heart more than having to put a closed sign up on my library door. So if you are able to have it open in the morning and after school for students or during dismissal time to come in and check out books, mm-hmm. seeing those students light up that maybe reading a book a day or two books a day sometimes, being able to come in and get the next book that they're looking to read. Um, it's very exciting for them. So I think that's important. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and as, as I was listening to you talk about some of that, um, I was remembering, I think it was Casey Boyd's interview with me and she used the word ear hustle. Um, yes. So that as you know, she goes, if you're sitting at the circulation desk or in the hall somewhere and they're talking about something, you, you ear hustle, you listen in, <laughs> you know, what, I like that. What's the content they're, t- you know, the kids will be talking about, like in your case, the butterflies, you know, that they were mm-hmm. learning about or, um, or in the, when you're in the lounge and the teachers are, you know, complaining about something that they're having to do, well, you might have the easy solution for that. So listen in, you know, use your ears and, and you'll pick up a lot of, a lot of good little tips there. And teachers love whenever they're like running out of time for something to say, you know what, I can do a lesson on that because that's one extra thing that you're taking off of their yeah. hands yeah. Um, to bring into your classroom that they can say, okay, I can touch on it, but then I know you're going to cover X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z as well. Yeah. All right. Well, Christopher, as we're starting to wrap up our time together, um, where do you keep getting your inspiration from and your ideas to of what you're doing in the library? Sure thing. So I do subscribe to School Library Journal, um, and I do uh, read uh, relative uh, relevant news articles as well about the library, about trends in education and books. I think that's really important um, to see what the students are going to be interested in, what teachers might be looking for. Okay. Um, School Library Journal is a great resource. Um, I also have been following a lot of um, librarians and STEAM and STEAM teachers on Twitter, being able to get ideas where they share resources. Um, Twitter's a really great resource just even for um, like the American Library Association shares out relevant articles as well. Um, I always read um, the Newbery Award winning and contender books um, just to be able to see whether I can have those in my library and the students love learning about what the newest best book was of the of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always say that's a great way to kind of stay sharp. Um, and then every year I try to evolve my curriculum and lessons to follow uh, current events. So for example, being in Mars PA, we love space. 
um, with the, the Mars 2020 rover going to space and our sixth graders have a space unit. Um, we did a whole research project on the, on the Mars rover. Um, so trying to pull in relevant things that the students are talking about that they're seeing that they might be excited about, I think is a great way to kind of stay sharp. Okay, very good. All right, well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. So for our audience that wants to follow you and learn from you, where can they find you online? Absolutely. So you can follow me on my Twitter. It's uh, at Mr. C Library Steam, all okay. one word. Um, or you can follow me on my personal Instagram, which is at Zoo Train Adventures. I like trains. So, <laughs> um, or feel free. I'm always willing to have a conversation via email um, or where we can connect. If you have direct questions, feel free to email me. It's C Chirilla, C C H U R I L L A at MarsK12.org. Um, I'm always willing to share ideas or if you have questions, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. And on my Twitter, especially, I try to uh, share some of the fun projects that we're doing throughout the year. Very good, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much again for your time today. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you so much, Laura. This was wonderful and I'm so excited uh, for this opportunity. Thank you. Well, you have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye.